Well, hey you, hello there Every person everywhere Well, hello, hello, hello again, everybody My name is Lynn, and I am every person everywhere And this is stuff that you can relate to, hopefully So, I think today for our podcast, for this episode We are going to focus in on budgeting for travel once again. And I'm going to approach it in a way that sort of makes sense to a wider breadth of people. Because obviously, um, looking back on my past journeys and travels, it was with an expendable three to four thousand dollars per year, something like that. And of course, not everybody has that to spend. Now, I don't feel like I spent a lot of money on my trips, but in hindsight, I spend more than a lot of people are able to comfortably budget for and account for, especially now that I'm doing more research into helping people budget themselves effectively so that they can take care of themselves whilst taking care of others, I'm definitely seeing the impact of it now more and more with what it's like to be working on bootstrap and fumes to try and go and do something fun. So I'm going to take a critical analysis of two trips that I did, and I'm going to break down how something similar could make it work for you. So, home base was Northern London. Okay, so I'm overseas. Tickets to get from country A to country B for both trip A and trip B are going to look something like maybe $90, $100 with fees of getting to and from the airport. Maybe $100 per flight. Let's just say that is a, a nice general ballpark. So, it's sort of the same as if you were to go to the airport, pay for parking, gas, and take a flight to a neighboring city in America, or in whatever country you're in, really, if you've driven there. So, that's, that's the baseline we're working off of, is... The fees that I used to get around via plane were not that far off from fees that you would see doing a round trip here. You know, typically, unless you're going cross country, like for instance, being in Pennsylvania, going to Alaska, I'm most likely going to spend about 400-ish bucks per ticket. Um, depends on season of year, obviously. If I left right now while it's still cold, it'd be closer to 150 person one way. So if we're looking at price to get there, hundred bucks, price to get back, a hundred bucks. So we're going to look at Morocco first, the round trip I took to Morocco. And then we're going to take a look at the time that I spent in Portugal, right? I'm going to cut away all of the time I spent in Spain, except for the 
$70 in flights that I took to get to Spain, yada, yada, blah, blah, fast forward, getting to the airport. My fees to get to the airport in Seville via train, I think I might've spent 20 bucks to get there. The flight was 35 to 40 bucks. The Uber was maybe 10 bucks to the hostel and then to the airport, a total of 10 bucks, mind you. I walked around the rest of the time. Transport costs, I might have spent 120 bucks round trip. How'd I do that? I arrived in the night when the buses were cheaper and the airfare was cheaper. I walked everywhere and I tried to do things that were within walking distance or I could get to for a very cheap rate. And this involved things that were on walking tours that were for free as well. So since I'm talking about Portugal, let's start there. Average cost of dinner in Portugal, maybe $5 a person. Average cost for coffee and a pastiche de belime for breakfast, maybe cost you about $2. So budget for food, probably about $10 to $15 per day. And let's say I was there for two days just to make it easy. I would have spent an average of 50, 50 bucks a day in Portugal, and that's for food and souvenirs. And actually, with the amount that I spent, tips for the walking tour, having drinks and entertaining myself at the Fado and getting a small souvenir and trains, I might have spent maybe $35 a day in Portugal. Airfare to get from Spain to Portugal and then Portugal back to my house. Total travel costs was probably around $100. So... 100 bucks round trip basically is what we'd be looking at and then maybe spending 60 bucks over two days and then as far as things that i went saw and did free tours used my student discount stayed in the cheap hostel i stayed in a hostel that was maybe 10 bucks a night so to sleep myself it and the dinner that i had at the hostel that night that was prepared by a local vegan chef that was about seven euros, so maybe $10. So that was a bit fancier, I guess. But it was a three-course meal, and it was hand-prepared by, like, a Michelin star chef. Still, that entire two days, with staying in a very cheap hostel, with eating very cheaply, with cheap airfare, off-season doing things for entertainment that weren't that expensive, like walking along the beach and not actually going into stores or paying for any tours. A round trip might have cost me roughly $250 if we're being generous with numbers. So, what would that look like for you if you were in, let's say, you know, the middle of New England and you worked the American national salary? every single year which i believe the average working class salary for americans is right around fifty-five thousand dollars. now if we're looking at your budget for entertainment most americans budget five to ten percent of their income per year usually closer to five percent so we'll say let's say five percent a year is on leisure and vacation and travel so 10% of 55,000 
is we've got 5,500. Half of that, you're working with about two grand. So to take a nice trip to a cultural city, you could fly from, I believe when I looked recently, it was, you could fly from Boston, Massachusetts to Knoxville or Memphis, Tennessee, and spend some time doing the House of Blues for like three days. If you stay in a cheap Airbnb, it might be $30 a night if you're outside the city. Rental car, 20 bucks a day. So that plus food of maybe $50 a day. So two days in Memphis, Tennessee. You don't spend any money doing any tours. You just walk and see as much free stuff as you can, which by the way, even in the off season, there's still stuff to do in Tennessee. You might spend like 500 bucks for two, three days in Memphis, Tennessee, which isn't bad. And if you're talking about entertainment costs for an entire year at working class salary, you know, that's, that's only one to 2% of your yearly income. If that working, working class, it's, yeah, it's closer to 1.5% of your income. So you can do creative things without needing to go extravagantly far away places. You take the time off of work, even if you don't have PTO and you're missing a day's worth of wages, let's say that you are out of PTO and you take this trip. So you lost, I think the average American works about, what, 320 days a year. So you lost a day's worth of income. You might have lost 0.3% of your income. Missing work should not be the reason that holds you back from living your life. The biggest scam in late-stage capitalism is you slave away for somebody who expects you to be there all, all the time, every day, and, you know, grinding your life away, and <clears throat> somehow magically forgetting that there's another 22,000-plus cubic miles of Earth that you have yet to explore and expect you to not want to try and explore them. And that's ridiculous. So even if you've used your paid time off and sick leave, that shouldn't be something that holds you back. And any reasonable boss will find a way to understand that you need Fridays off every now and then. You're only human. Turn it back on them and tell them, remember the last time that you were in this situation? I know you worked your way to the top now, but... There was a point in time where your mental health wasn't great and you wanted an extra three days off that you couldn't afford, but you did it anyhow because you knew if you didn't, you'd burn out and crash. This is no different. Take that trip. This Do it for you. If nobody else, do it for you because you can. So when you're budgeting a trip, treat yourself at least once during the trip. Now, obviously, I didn't treat myself as much as I could unless you consider... Um, eating the cultural food that's there, which, I mean, you need to eat to survive. But, you know, do something really nice for yourself on the trip. And enjoy yourself. Spend that extra 50 bucks to go into the House of Blues or the Horror Museum of your dreams or to spend a night in a slightly nicer hotel or whatever, promising to come back to the other one the night after or whatever it, whatever it takes. But what I'm saying is, you can make the time and you have the money to do similar things to what I've done. 
you might not be able to spend two years gallivanting Europe on low pay, living on a stipend, but you have the ability to get there and do some cool things. It just depends on how fast you want to move. So the other part of that is, like I said, I walked around, I did a lot of free stuff, I moved constantly. You know, you might spend a little bit more money sitting still, because naturally, your rest and digest system is going to make you want to eat more, and drink more, and vibe harder in cooler places. But still, budget an extra 25%. It's not going to break the bank to do something nice for yourself once in a while. Now... Let's talk about the trip I took to Morocco. This was a bit bougie. I spent 300 bucks on souvenirs. The flight to and from was a round trip that cost me about 170 bucks. So let's just round it up and say I spent 500. Two nights in hotels cost me roughly 100 bucks. The trip to the desert and back cost me another 100 bucks. Eating and staying alive, food's a bit more expensive in Morocco than it is in Portugal because tourism. So budgeting $50 a day for food. So once again, two days round trip. All things considered, this trip I spent probably close to $1,200. Was it money that I had to spend when I wasn't working? No, I definitely pulled a dumb when I did that. This was earlier in my experience being an avid traveler, so I wasn't really aware what to look out for, what to do. I made a lot of mistakes. We can learn from mistakes, though, which is when I later went to Portugal and spent way less money and still had a blast doing so. You don't need to do fancy, bougie stuff, but the proof is in the purchase that even doing fancy, bougie stuff... <laughs> let's say that I spent an extra day in Morocco and... This brings the total up to about $2,000. That's still a super nice trip that you can reasonably afford if you know how to budget effectively. So of course you might be wondering, what about lower incomes? What if I'm poor class and I wanna go do something? Well, once again, most people, science shows us, spend at least 5% on entertainment slash personal reimbursements, like doing something for yourself every year. So let's say you work as a nursing assistant and you make about 30 grand a year. And you spend, so 10% of that is 3,000. You look at 5% of that, that's 1,500. Congratulations. Even if that's the only thing you do entertainment-wise that year, you're still able to take that nice trip. Or you're able to do something similar to what I did and take a nice road trip around wherever for $1,000 and then have some left over to go somewhere else. There's still options if you know how to budget effectively. And of course, what I'm saying here is not resemblant of everyone and everything everywhere all the time. Like everyone has their own stipulations and things they can and cannot swing. That's just part of life. And I am trying hard to be mindful of that. And I do apologize if I offend anybody by assuming salaries or wages or whatever. The case in point, though, is you have the means, if you so choose it, to be able to go and do something nice with your life. <clears throat> if you find a way to earn passive income or day trade enough stocks or month trade enough stocks to have some leftover cash flush for that as well, happy days, you know? You, you have the ability to do something even cooler yet.
but don't fret. There's always options. So as a bonus, I'll also talk a little bit about how I budgeted for longer trips. So that trip that I just talked about, getting to Budapest via plane, 50 bucks probably in October. So it was a bit chillier, but it wasn't terrible. It was still off season, but off season doesn't mean a death sentence. Off season just means it's not when most tourists are going there. And of course, the average tourist is going to try and have as nice weather as possible and as nice economic and social conditions as possible. It's when people get their yearly raises and their bonuses and their promotions and what have you. Travel in the off season, you'll save some money. So 50 bucks to get to country A. I spent, as I told you earlier, about $15 getting between each country. I spent maybe $15 per night. So that's 30 bucks a day to sleep and to get there. And then extra travel costs for this long week of travel I took. I might have had an extra 50 bucks and then another airport. So let's say I spent 100 bucks on traveling and 100 bucks to get to and from that part of Central Europe. I took one tour that was 30 bucks. I took a second tour that was 30 bucks. Entertainment value outside of walking around and derping around, I might have spent 120 bucks. With food options, I probably spent 200 bucks. So for seven whole days in Central Europe, I walked around, I survived, I saw stuff, I enriched myself, I took free tours. I might have spent five to six hundred dollars. So if you look at locations that are close together and slash or cheap, it doesn't take that much to get to and fro, especially if you're considering, you know, a road trip in America. Gas isn't as expensive as plane, usually, and if all else fails, you can pitch a tent, sleep in your car, and if all, all, all else fails, you get a cheap, cheap motel, and you eat for cheap, and you pack food when you take it with you on the road trip and save money that way. There are ways available for you to go for an entire long week and just travel. My promise to you, the listener, is that in season six, I am actually going to take a notepad with me and I'm going to write down every expenditure that I take. I'm taking a trip up to Maine from Pennsylvania to celebrate my one year anniversary with my partner and I will take notes on that week trip and reflect on it later things that could have gone differently ways I could have spent the money differently and how it could have been more or less comfortable so I've already got a rough figure for the budget but we'll see how that actually ends up playing out and panning out at the end of it all but I'm looking forward to that breakdown. Until then, let me talk about the next two parts of the trip, which were, as I just briefly mentioned, Romania and Bulgaria. For now, I'll leave it at that. I hope you learned something today, and please share with me what your travel plans are, what they're looking like, and after listening to this, if you feel a little bit more invigorated and motivated to go and do something new, fun, and cool. I'm looking forward to hearing back from you soon, and to this I add my beautiful silence.